like they say, you know, our time's to go back. Wow, and they haven't even started drinking yet. Ah, yeah, the fighting Irish, full of drink stereotype. That Saturday Night Live sketch lampooning Oscar nominees Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson last weekend may, just may, have generated a few laughs in the US. But it's been slated online here for its lazy depiction of outdated stereotypes. And it didn't stop there. Even Oscar's host, Jimmy Kimmel, managed to get a few digs in. Colin, I loved your performance in The Banshees of Inisherin. What were you saying in the movie? Today, on St. Patrick's Day, when so many Irish people will be donning their leprechaun hats and heading to the pub, do we really have any right to be getting offended? Uh, it's been St. Patrick's Day for hours and I'm still not drunk yet. I'm Bernice Harrison and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, are you having a laugh? The drunken Irish stereotype we can't seem to beat. Donald Clark, Chief Film Correspondent of the Irish Times. Top of the morning to you. Oh! <laughs> um, it, ha- it hasn't been a great week for Irish stereotypes in American TV. Tell me, how much did you laugh at that skit on Saturday Night Live? Oh, because I laughed my head off and didn't it tinkle all down the road all the way down to the sweet, sweet Liffy, which is Florin Green. Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about um, the uh, Saturday Night Live um, cold open, as apparently we're now supposed to call it, um, uh, on Saturday night, where um, they did a thing on the red carpet, the champagne carpet, as it actually turned out. But hold that thought, because I'm told we have the stars of the Banshees of Inna Sharon, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, you know, that's a word saying, you know, like, uh, take words of troops for where in you'll be. Hey, me green, 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 pewatari, swill, tuny trees in it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and they haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> but one first thing to say first about this, I noticed whenever I gave out about this on Twitter, about this clear example of, you know, insulting stereotyping. We'll get into this in a second, but we're not talking about extreme racism. We're not talking about, you know, that, um, uh, anything of that sort, but just like, you know, just really exhausting and uh, pathetic um, stereotyping. That, to my mind, what was going on was that um, they were suggesting that Irish accents in general, and in particular the accents of Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who could not be more well-spoken, I would, I, would, I would say, not that that's the issue, um, are unintelligible. Now, there are other people who suggested that what they were getting at was that they were doing a pastiche of the Irish language, um, which is possible in that there was a mildly viral video of Brendan uh, on the red carpet, being interviewed in Irish by, I assume, TG4 uh, uh, somewhere, and him speaking, you know, his very good Irish, and I, th- th- that's what they were out there making fun of the Irish language. I don't think so, but it doesn't matter, because either way, it's offensive. But it wasn't just SNL this week, and for those who don't know, uh, that's a sort of a comedy TV institution in the US. It's on NBC. Yeah. There was Jimmy Kimmel at the Oscars. It was some year for diversity and inclusion that we have nominees from every corner of Dublin. (laughs) Five Irish actors are nominated tonight, which means the odds of another fight on stage just went way up. What did you make of that? 
Well, interesting. I mean, we'll go back to talking about the entire history that, uh, that Saturday Night Live has of um, uh, of I mean, taking digs at the Irish that you wouldn't see really anywhere else. But yeah, again, this is kind of a peculiar thing because he, he had two goes, essentially, um, at it. The stereotype here being employed, obviously, that, um, uh, that, the, uh, that the Irish are um, inherently violent and probably drunk. Um, then there was a second one when he went down to talk to Colin in the auditorium uh, where the Get the gag was he was reading out cards from questions that had been sent in by viewers. Colin, I loved your performance in the Banshees of Inishuran. My question is, what were you saying in the movie? I'd like him to go on YouTube and check out SNL last night and he'll have a good idea. And now he'll figure it out? I thought Kimmel was slightly confused at what he was getting at. And to be fair to Colin, there was no kind of... There was not a snide tone in his voice at all. You were just basically left um, to draw your own conclusions about that. But again, it's a funny thing, um, uh, which runs through Irish, uh, runs through American culture. And I think what's interesting is uh, part of this abuts with Irish-American culture, that these sorts of stereotypes are they're put in a different category to any other form of insulting stereotype about a race or culture or religion or whatever it might be. They're good fun and don't matter. Now, it can be good fun, but it seems to me what's fascinating about this is the sort of gags that Saturday Night Live were using in the, the sketch this weekend and the sort of, albeit I say it again, relatively gentle stereotyping that Kimmel was doing on the Oscar broadcast don't happen anymore on British television. Yeah, exactly, because we wouldn't get, you know, the thick Irish builder on Faulty Towers anymore. No. That, that wouldn't fly. Absolutely not. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, the, the thick Irish builder goes along with, um, there is a, a usage of, in Faulty Towers of a quite extreme uh, um, racial slur in the episode of the Germans, and Bulow's remark, well, you know, what, we can still watch this, we can watch it. You know, if you want to put a content warning in front of it, I have no problem with content warning. Some people get kind of hoity-toity about these things. But we have to be, be aware of the fact that this is something that people are more sensitive and more careful about, and rightfully so, and it doesn't happen in Britain anymore. I mean, the interesting example comparison of this is an example of something which could have fallen into that category, but didn't, and everyone loved, which is Steve Coogan's Martin Brennan. Uh, on uh, Alan Partridge, which everyone will recall is a very funny section where he came on where the Alan Partridge team had been looking for doubles of Alan throughout the world and they found this rural Irish gentleman called Martin Brennan who came on. And uh, how long have you been an Alan impersonator? Since a week Thursday. Since a week Thursday. My cousin said, Martin, you look like the fellow off the TV. Show me on the computer. I said, who the hell is that? <laughs> he said, it's... Um, Al- Alan Partridge. I said, who the hell is that? And ended up taking over the show uh, with a rebel song. Now, I mean, like, why is that not okay? Why is that okay? Well, that's okay because it's clearly done out of affection. And this notion that somehow this is all affectionate dribbling elsewhere, simply saying that we can't be understood and that we're drunk and fight all the time, is a different thing to the kind of attention that Steve Coogan, whose parents are both Irish um, and who has a, gives a con- has been constantly in connection with Irish culture throughout his life, is up to in that genuinely affectionate recreation of, I wouldn't even say archetypal Irish person, I'd say he's created a genuine character there. And that's entirely different to what's going on in America. But, again, the Saturday Night Live thing is really interesting, because they have a habit of this, they have a history of this. People will remember the 
really weird Saoirse Ronan sketch. Um, oh, the for, airline one. Yeah, uh, oh. from I think about 2017. I'm gonna gonna venture. Shocking. Um, yeah, and that that. I mean, that was going largely at the twinkly, twinkly, charming, aren't we cuddly and lovable and frankly childlike <laughs> um, uh, stereotype of the Irish. She was a stewardess. There was a number of jokes, a lot of jokes about potatoes, which obviously, given the history of Ireland, is a sensitive vegetable to be making fun of. OK, so now that you've met our captain and his shillelagh, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Colleen. And I'm Brianna. In the back we have Maeve and now she she's going to tell us a bit about the menu. We get fingerling potatoes, we get purple potatoes, and we get salmon. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I misread that. The salmon is also potatoes. Thank you. But even before that, it may not be before, but around right about the same time as that, there was, I would say the worst of the three. There was a sketch up with an Irish dating show. The gag essentially was, we have sex with our cousins. <laughs> I'm Siobhan, I'm from Doolin. I've got 35 suspicious freckles on my body, but I'm looking for a guy to check the ones I can't see. Well, I've got a cousin, Siobhan, from Doolin. Siobhan O'Connor. Aye, that's me. Is it now? What are the chances? <laughs> what do you say, Niall, first impression of the girls? Well, number three is my cousin, so she's definitely off to an early lead. <laughs> I mean, to say that this would not be allowed on British television is really understating the case. It'd be a, I, think a, I think there would be kind of a national falling out on the scale of Suez if, this, uh, if that happened currently. <laughs> but, like, why, but why are we OK with it, though, Donald? I mean, why do we laugh along with it? Is it because we're gas and, you know, oh, we like to be seen we can take a joke? Or is it just massive inferiority complex? Like, wh- what's it all about? I, don't, I wouldn't agree that we are OK with it. I mean, I think certainly whenever these things come up, on Twitter, it's sort of 90% people saying, what the heck is going on? And 10% saying, ah, sure, you can't take a joke. That's a relatively small percentage of it. I think, however, the situation is slightly different in the United States. I mean, I th- and the phenomenon I would point to, it, it, I think there, because Americans and also Irish Americans are that bit further distant physically, I mean, literally, <laughs> from the culture, the nation, that it's not apparent to them the extent to which this is mm. at least mildly offensive to people in Ireland. Well, can I give you an example of that, actually? Um, a, per- a very small personal example of that. I I worked in New York for some years and on a, a very, on a magazine, very shishi magazine, and uh, one of my colleagues one day called me a mick. Right, nice. And I was so shocked that she would, I, I was I was so profoundly shocked. And I, I, I said to her, you know, would you, would you call, you know, Chloe here, the N-word? Would you call Juno there? Would you call him a guinea? Like, would you use any of these other offensive ethnic slurs? But you've just called me a mick. And she said, but wait, I'm I'm Irish-American. She did have (laughs) an Irish surname. (laughs) I I didn't mean any offence. It's just funny. Well, the example of that, I think, and there's a sense in which a lot of the Irish stereotypes um, in the United States have actually been fostered in the Irish-American communities. The call is coming from within the house, to use the um, language of the serial killer. And the example that I have of this recently, which I wrote a column on a few weeks ago, which is fascinating, is the phenomenon of Irish ancestor TikToks. And the gag essentially is that you have modern-day creator, to use the 
TikTok language, doing something modern, and then they cut to this person wearing a shawl, often, if they're a woman, as my Irish ancestors. Um, and the Irish ancestor will then kind of make some comment on what's happening in the real world. Now, a lot of these have to do with potatoes. So there are, for example, and they're, it's, they're very hard to parse what exactly is going on. But you would, for example, have somebody eating crisps and and the the answer would say, what are you eating? They'd say, I'm eating chips. They're made from potatoes. And the Irish ancestor sort of places their hand on their chest and looks to heaven in a, in a state of ecstasy, fury, irritation, uh, regret. I don't know what. But certainly for, you know, keeping in mind the reason why a large number of these ancestors came to the United States, it is, shall we say, at least not, not in terrifically good taste. There are also gangs mm-hmm. about the ancestor of uh, um, making jokes about the number of children that they've had. There are uh, jokes about sectarianism. You know, it's just bizarre. Now, I, I said happy St. Patty's Day to you, actually, just because I know it's a pet hate of yours. <laughs> now, one of my pet hates is the problems American talk show hosts have with Irish names. And you see, I don't think they do it with any other nationality, Central Africa or Malaysia. It'd be just racist. That'd be it. Full stop. You're an Oscar watcher. If you remember when John Travolta messed up Adina Menzel's name. She's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. She's Ukrainian Jewish background. Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. That was perceived as being embarrassing for him, not embarrassing for her for having this wild name. But we're supposed to think that not being able to pronounce, you know, Siobhan or Cuiva, name from a language other than English is hilarious. What, what, what's that about? Well, I would say that's probably something the, the, the British are still guilty of as well. I mean, I think you probably do get some of that um, uh, with Saoirse in particular uh, on British chat shows. I don't think they'd make quite such a comic hullabaloo out of it. But I think you're right. It is interesting that that has, and has become a, a source of enormous amusement for people to fill minutes and hours on chat shows with. The only time I've seen pushback on that, and we, we've got a clip from it here, was Donald Gleeson talking to Stephen Colbert. We're not supposed to call him Colbert. <laughs> right. Yes, you dumb, 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 dumb now. Yeah. I said, dumb, dumb now. It was a mess. <laughs> well, you can't blame me. Irish names are impossible. Siobhan? I'm not going to take this from a Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, would say, and I wrote this in my Oscar preview recently about a related phenomenon. We do rather enjoy getting annoyed by this stuff. I rather enjoy getting annoyed by this stuff. There's nothing a human being enjoys more than the bout of recreational fury. I think, in a sense, we're kind of dying for the British to call us, us, the Irish, British, because we so much enjoy getting annoyed by it. I mean, we are annoyed by it, but I think we enjoy being annoyed by it. So I think... In, for example, with the case of the recent Oscar success, there was a sense of great anticipation that we hang on, hang on any minute now that the, the British media are going to pop up and identify uh, Paul Mezcal or whoever it was as being British and then we can get, like, recreationally annoyed for the rest of the day. Donald Clark, thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> right, top of the morning to you. Coming up, Jarlath Regan on why everything's fair game in comedy. Stereotypes are the foundation of a lot of jokes, so what's a comic to do? Joining us now is podcaster and stand-up comedian Jarlath Regan. Jarlath, 
you have your own podcast, An Irishman Abroad. Do you ever get offended if people make potato jokes or jibes about drinking? They never do it to my face. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I always say this about living in England for 10 years that never had an anti-Irish experience over there to my face. But I assume that when I leave the room, people are going diddly idly. Oh, my God, there's a bomb in me potato. Uh, And that's that's the thing. And that seems to be the centre of what's happened the past week in terms of these jokes. There are certain stereotypes that we feel entitled to indulge in and have fun with ourselves because it's us making jokes about us. And that often emboldens others to do the same. And that's where the problems begin. Do you do that? Do you do you work in Irish stereotypes into your routines? Of course, of course. I mean, that's uh, that's bread and butter, isn't it? The view, it's not about Ireland. It's about how others view others. Like that is the observational comedian's job is to view the world and uh, to, I would say, make, uh, draw comparisons between things that are find the differences between things that are similar and the similarities between things that are different. That to me is the essence of observational stand up. And when you are not seeing the elephant in the room, which is how you yourself are viewed, well, then how can you build any trust in the audience that your observations on anything can be legitimate or strong? For you, doing stand-up, doing your routine, which Irish national stereotype gets the most laughs? Hmm. And which and which would you never touch, by the way? No, nah, nothing's off limits, really. Uh, I don't I don't really believe in that. Uh, I think that the, the bar is funny, if it's funny. Uh, what gets the most laughs is usually the thing that resonates with the most people. That's why the you know, biggest observational stand-ups are people like McIntyre and Jerry Seinfeld. So when you say what well, gets the biggest laughs, it tends to be what are the most general brush strokes about the Irish. Now, I, I watched um, a really hilarious routine of yours. It's your, it doesn't start funny because you're talking about ha- donating a kidney to your brother who's living in America. Mm. And you had to go for uh, the psychiatric assessment to the uh, Mayo Clinic. And it was the doctor then obviously was going to talk to you about alcohol. Questions. Question one, do you drink? I get the perfectly acceptable Irish answer of not really. <laughs> it's a yes or no. Uh, oh, oh, well then no, then no. Uh, yeah, no, no. Compared to my friends, no. So we all know that's true. It's not an A or B answer. I, 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 I do, but like I wouldn't, I'm not. You couldn't put me in the category. Uh, and it was absolutely hilarious. And at one point you said to the audience, you know, you know what I mean? And everybody just laughed because you were talking about drinking at an Irish wedding. You've just, you're just holding up this mirror and they're laughing away. Mm, well, you know... Uh, when we begin this piece about donating this kidney to my brother, very difficult family situation. We don't realise we're going to wind up in a doctor's surgery at the Mayo Clinic discussing Irish weddings. So it's already an absurd position to find ourselves in. Then the leap within the bit is to observe what we regard as normal at Irish weddings. Now, obviously, there's various different types of Irish weddings, but there are certain tropes that we just have lived through and seen as our as standard 
And explaining those to someone who doesn't view them as standard is where the comedy lies in that bit. You know, the complete shock at what we regard as normal when attending an Irish wedding and the question of how many drinks would you typically have at an Irish wedding? And I was like, well, no, no, that no one has ever counted because the question is not how many. The question is how long, how long are they going to serve us for? Is there a bar extension? Do I have a room at the hotel? Did I bring cans? These are the questions. And those are the questions that you can find yourself asking and regard as normal. Now, the, the, there was a, there was a lot of offence taken, you know, over here this week to the, the Saturday Night Live sketch and Jimmy Kimmel's comments at the, the Oscars. Do you think we were being too thin skinned in that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who was being offended. What was observed was how lazy the comedy was, because, again, at the very start of this, I was saying that there's a there's a crude way and a, an elegant way to get your laugh at the Irish And the simplest way, the cutting across the middle of the track is to the things that were joked about here. Now, there was much better jokes available. But again, they're looking for the shortest route. Jimmy has 30 seconds to devote to uh, Banshees. What, What can he do with it without doing an impression of the accents? What's he got? They drink a lot of pints in the movie. I mean... It's an extremely difficult thing, monologue speech writing. And that's why, you know, the Billy Crystal, uh, the Chris Rock monologues, they're just such things that are like Waterford Crystal level beauty because to actually make real social observations within something that is going to go into the homes of everyone in America. And again, that's the other consideration will everyone in America get this? Will everyone in the world be able to grasp this as funny? You find yourself in this Venn diagram of what people can get and what they regard as funny. And unfortunately, that's a pretty primary colours, colour scheme that you're picking from. So do you think we'll ever escape from, you know, the diddly eye drunken stereotype? I, I do. I do. But only if those that are making jokes can, you know, move the dialogue forward. And only if the examples of Irishness that we see in the world uh, that have a light shine upon them uh, are more nuanced and more elegant. Like there's so much great Irish art and personality and humour and wit out there. But still there's there's a history and that if that history is bigger than what's present today, like we have such a crap and generation of talent that's coming through that who's to say that what will be created next won't be so big that that then becomes the popular focal point for Irishness and Irishisms. Now, that's what needs to happen for us to escape diddly idly hushages they'll be fighting in the streets what that is who knows Charles Regan thank you very much for joining us that's it for today for full access to Irish Times journalism including Donald Clark's column go to irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe this episode was produced by Aideen Finnegan in the news we'll be back on Monday <laughs>